San Diego's talk radio leader, 760 KFMB presents It's Your Money and Your Life. For the next hour, Richard Musio and Joe Vecchio will educate and inform you on matters related to your financial future, your life, and your leisure. Now, with It's Your Money and Your Life, here are Richard and Joe. All right, good evening, everybody. My name is Joe Vecchio, your co-host, announcer, and producer, coming to you from KFB Studios with 50,000 watts of power. We're heard not just in San Diego County, but Orange County, L.A. County, up the coast of Seattle, on a good night, down to Cabo, out to the desert. All these podcasts are commercial-free on iowamoney.com, and you can get this show uh, free on iTunes if you search the title of the show. And now time to introduce the main man of the hour. He's an accomplished marathon runner. He's a CPA extraordinary. He's a philanthropist. He's a family office expert advising several high-net-worth high families. His name is Richard Musio. Richard, good evening. How are you tonight? I'm doing good. You forgot best-selling author. I did. Well, I know. We'll write another book, and I'll remember next time. I always, I always sell a bunch around the holidays. <laughs> well, which one is that, Richard? The, the, the one, one from two years ago about Billy, Bobby Riggs and Billie Jean King. And So what's your play? So what's your play? It's always, matter of fact, you gave one to Billie Jean King, I think. She liked it. <laughs> yeah. She liked it. Anyway, well, speaking of athletics, this is going to be a great show today. Because yeah, by the way, thanks for the plaque. Oh, yeah. Another pla- and you got another one coming, but, uh, yeah, that's the, the well, we got a duplicate for, obviously, there's two people to do this show, and uh, that's for the best talk, interview, and call-in show uh, awarded by the Press Club at the 42nd Annual Press Club Awards, voted on by media professionals in another city, so there's no politics in this, folks. Uh, we just keep winning. And we just keep winning, because <laughs> we're pretty good at what we do. We don't we care do. what city is judging us. We, they like us. But, um, anyway, we've got a really terrific show. Kind of leads in, I know you have a running event coming up. Uh, two big events, thanks. Thanksgiving week, obviously Thursday morning, uh, Thanksgiving morning, in other words, the 10th annual Oceanside Turkey Trot, OsideTurkeyTrot.com in downtown Oceanside, 10K, right. 5K, kids one miler and quarter miler, the best costume contest on the planet. I, of course, run the 10K for serious, then I put on a nine-pound turkey costume and run the 5K in that. <laughs> That's worth 40 bucks of an entry fee just to see that. And don't forget the Beachfront Expo for people who may right not be running. Right down there on the sand. But a lot, of, the, um, a lot of kiddos, a lot of Marines volunteering. And, absolutely. Uh, it's, uh, it's a chaos. It's Good uh, stuff. And then <laughs> since that's not enough to do, uh, my wife, of course, is one of the owners of the Carlsbad Classic, the women's professional tennis tournament that's running the entire week of Thanksgiving at Park Hyatt Aviara. That's cldclassic.com. So come on out and check that out if you've got some free time during the week. There you go. So, so I actually ran to the studio today, Joe. You did? Well, just to get in the spirit of what the show's well, about. Well, speaking of running, we have one of the premier runners in, uh, I would say, in the history of, of U.S. running, wouldn't you? There's no question. Yeah, this guy has run more sub-four-minute miles than just about anybody. I, I, I did a four-minute mile the other day. I was in, on the um, 5 car. North at 4 p.m. <laughs> Not only that, he's he's kind of innovated the uh, the sport of speed golf, which is going to be fun to talk about. Going back, he's a cancer survivor on two occasions. He's a coach of the track team, track and I don't know if the field too. We'll find out. But uh, most anybody who's been around San Diego and, and running knows the name of Steve Scott. Steve, welcome to our show. Thank you very much. Great to be here. <laughs> our pleasure. And along with you, we have uh, another, uh, I guess, an accomplished runner, and he works over at Illumina is in, in clinical trials and whatnot. You can tell us more about that. But Nick Scarpello, is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. It's great uh, to be here. Thanks right. for having me. Did I did I give that intro correctly? You do you work in clinical work, uh, clinical trial work in Illumina? Uh, pretty well, similar to that. I wouldn't necessarily call myself a scientist, more on the marketing side of things. All but right. you know, well, we'll still get all in. exciting. We'll get into that. So, but but anyway, Steve, God, what a, what a great career! Uh, as I talked uh, mentioned before the break, I remember meeting you back in the. 80s um, 
at the San Diego, I don't know if it was the Rock and Roll Marathon yet. I think we just saw the San Diego Marathon, wasn't it? Uh, back in, started SeaWorld, I think. Yeah, the one at SeaWorld, that was uh, just a San Diego Marathon. Sure, yeah. I wasn't running, but right. I was just hanging out. Yeah. You were. <laughs> you were right, hanging out, and Ed Quinn had just taken over at Channel 10 as GM. Um, and I said, hey, there's Steve Scott over there. He goes, go run and go get that guy. We'll get him. We need, we need to interview him. So I and did. And you caught me? I, well, you were walking. You weren't running. <laughs> yeah. You weren't running, Steve. That's the key. <laughs> yeah, you. It was a foggy morning. I remember it vividly, and uh, you know they televised that marathon. So, but Steve, I have a message from Kathy Kinane, my partner in the Turkey Trot. She says to remind you of her fond memories of you and her winning the legendary Bob Babbitt Ride and Tie in either '88 or '89 Thanksgiving morning. What the heck was that about Ride and Tie? What? Yeah, what, what, what the heck was that on? about? Bob Babbitt put this on. You have one person. We have a bike, so one person rides a bike, one person runs. And then you alternate. So you, you take first person would ride the bike, maybe 100 yards, drop it. Then the person running would come up, grab the bike, start riding, pass the person that's right. running, and keep alternating. Well, the, the mistake I made with Kathy was that I went first on, running, the, on right. the bike. Oh, on the yeah, bike. On okay. the bike first. So I ride the bike out about a half mile and drop the bike. And it took until like the last mile before Kathy could catch me <laughs> on the bike. You should have just thrown around the handlebars and run, run across the finish line. So. And, and what, what, what's the story about the, the bonus for spam? Yeah, if you eat a little piece of spam, you get 30 seconds off your time. Okay. Ugh. Now try stomaching and, sp- and your spam life. while you're yeah. running. Yeah. I was going to say. And your life. <laughs> Bob had some great ideas. Yeah, he, yeah, he did. You know, it kind of reminds me of a story. You guys know who Hank Bauer is, right? Oh, yeah. Kellen Winslow. Well, I happened to be running a 10K at, uh, I don't know if I told you the story. Did yeah, I, you did. You? Well, yeah. these guys, haven't it's, it's funny. But uh, UT, the UTC, I think it was about 80, 81, they had a UTC uh, 10K. And uh, so Hank, and I knew Hank from, you know, we, we lived in PB, so I was up there with him. We were running, we started the race, and about, I don't know, a mile into it, he's gone. I what the hell happened to Hank? And uh, about, about 10 <laughs> Five minutes later, a bus goes by. He and Kellen, Kellen Winslow had hijacked a city bus, and I think Kellen was driving, and Hank was hanging out the window. <laughs> and he's going, hey, I'll see you at the finish line. I go, this is unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> so that you, you tell Bob Babbitt he should start a race like yeah, that. Yeah, so somebody know. drives the stolen <laughs> bus, and then the person running <laughs> goes in the other direction so they don't get caught. But Only anyway. those who could get away with it. Yeah, the exactly. Player, the players had a lot of fun back then. Exactly. I guess the runners had to be more disciplined, right? Steve, oh, yes. No crazy yeah, stories. We couldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it kind of happened once when I was in college. We were running these intervals on Back Bay and Irvine, and the coach had the, his van, and he would take off, honk the horn, and that meant for us to start. And then he'd stop, you know, four, five, six tenths down the road. Well, I got the idea to climb onto the back of the van. <laughs> And hold on as he as he drove, and then at the finish he'd be looking at his watch. So I'd just come around the van as the guys came in. So <laughs> stories of Olympian. Huh? Rosie Ruiz, re- eat your heart out. But you, you know the cool story about having runners on the show. What the show starts at a certain time, so I tell them to be here ten minutes early. I'm like, well, those guys will get here twenty minutes early, and sure enough, they were here early. I got here at quarter of, and they were here before I was. But runners always get there early. Always. Well, well, they're always watch, always early. watching the watch, I guess. So. But let's get into Steve's background a little bit. Uh, born and raised where, and then how you found your way down to San Diego. Um, uh, born people. and raised in Upland, California, which is about 30 miles east of Los Angeles. Okay. Uh, was an okay runner in high school, but got a partial scholarship offer to UC Irvine. Uh, went to Irvine in 74, and that's where really where I 
um, found myself in terms of running. Mm-hmm. Uh, the coach there was an excellent coach. I had a great team. And actually, I, I owe it to my teammates because they were much more dedicated than I was. You could tell them about my, snort, my story of jumping on the back of the van that I wasn't the most dedicated uh, runner coming out of high school. And uh, my teammates really got me going and, and introduced me what training is all about. I started doing two-day runs, uh, getting summer training in, which was something that I didn't normally do. Uh, and it, I became a year-round runner who took running seriously. And mm-hmm. that's where uh, everything happened for me was at Irvine. Uh, my coach at Irvine went to Arizona. So I was there f- until uh, 85 uh, but in 82, we bought a house up in Encinitas, so we kind of be going back and forth. But So we ended up in San Diego because where else would you want to live? Absolutely. This has become kind of the running runner and triathlon mecca, hasn't it, more or less? Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, especially with the Olympic Training Center. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can't beat it. I mean, you have altitude up in the uh, Palomar, Cuyamaca Mountains. You could be training up there, and you could make it down to uh, sea level to do sprint or interval training so it's a it's a great place to train yeah. yeah sometimes on my street up in lucadia neptune if you go out and watch it's like the runner's hall of fame running up and down the street in the morning it's amazing who you see yeah it's terrific um well steve you got a lot of records sir i mean uh, what, what was your first major record that you can recall uh first major record would have been the american record in i actually came the jim ryan's american record was 351 mm-hmm. one and in 79, I ran 351-1-1. So his time was, was hand time. Mine was automatic. So officially, my time should have been faster than his, but they didn't give me credit for it. So it wasn't until 81 that uh, I ran 349, broke his record, and was a, really the first American record that, uh, that I felt meant something. Outstanding. We're going to get to more of your records, and we'll get to talk to Nick a little bit, too. We come right back with It's Your Money and Your Life after this break. Hang on. We're back with Steve Scott, premier runner, coach at CSU, and uh, Nick Scarpello, also a, a, a runner. Not quite as fast as Steve, but yeah. I hey, try. Uh, you must have run some races in Hawaii. Speaking of Hawaii, five oh, it must be nice out there, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it is nice out there, but I never got the chance to race. They, they started a road mile out there, but it was after I had retired. So uh, never had the chance to, to get paid to go and run in Hawaii. Huh. How, how many sub-four-minute miles have you run? Uh, 136. 136. Wow. It's pretty amazing. That's pretty good. Well, he's one of the greatest mile runners in American history. Won the silver silver medal in Helsinki, 1983. It's kind of unfortunate in 1980, uh, we had to cancel the Olympics uh, under President Carter due to uh, what the Soviet Union was doing. But uh, there were world championship games anyway, right? Uh well, they didn't cancel the Olympics. They just didn't let us go. I mean, right. I mean boycott it. Yeah, we yeah. had to boycott the Olympics, which was very unfortunate. But, uh, yeah, so I got world championships. I was able to run 84 and 88 Olympics. So I, I was able to get my Olympic fix. But there were several where 80 was their only opportunity. Yeah. Um, I feel sorry for uh, guys that didn't have the opportunity to at least experience an Olympics. Yeah, the Olympic boycott games in 1980 in Philadelphia. So uh, was that just Americans versus whom? Did we invite other countries? And um... It was the other countries that boycotted. So Canada, Germany, uh, us. There was a few mm-hmm. Kenyan runners that, that came. So it was uh, 
honestly, it was kind of a joke. Did you ever compare your times to the 80 Olympics uh, itself, wherever they were? I think they were held in Moscow. Yeah, held in Moscow. Well, that was the co-Ovet era. Yeah. So, you know, they they traded victories. Ovet won the 800, and Co was third, I believe. And then uh, Ovet won the 1500. So the opposite, they won their their the wrong race, according to what everybody was thinking. So uh, it wasn't so much about time. It was just looking at the way the w- w- race was run. And, um, you know, it's just not having the opportunity to be a part of it. Yeah, I know. And get the experience Sad. because 84 was my first experience and my uh, I wasn't ready for it psychologically. But l- how about, the, did anyone compare their times in the uh, boycott games here to the to the, Rush, the Olympics held in Russia? That was my question. Uh, is it... And, and how how would people would have compared? Would we have won? They were really fast, Joe. <laughs> I mean, we, Whenever they I ran. mean, we would have we would have won some medals. In oh, Russia, yeah. Right? oh yeah, oh no yeah, no question. No, we would have done we would have done really well in eighty, but uh, unfortunately. So, Steve, is a mile your favorite distance, or you prefer longer distance now? Um, back then, it was my fi- favorite distance. Um, now, I really like the half marathon distance. It's something that you don't necessarily have to do a lot of training mm-hmm. for, and you feel really good that you've accomplished something afterwards. You know, you, so you don't mind going out for a big hearty breakfast. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, my, it's my favorite distance, too. You're not toasted like when you do a marathon. You can still go do something that evening. Oh, yeah. You can but, still But walk. you actually feel like you did something. Yeah. Now, you brought along your colleague here, Nick Scarpello. He's uh, You're a runner also, too, right, Nick? I've run exactly zero sub-four-minute miles. <laughs> but I, uh, yes, I'm, Small I'm definitely. Small world. <laughs> I would put myself in that uh, miler sort of category as well. Uh-huh. When did you start taking up running? Because you're a young guy. What are you, 27, 8? I'm, uh, I'm 23. 23? Yeah, okay. so... Uh, so I'm uh, I'm an East Coaster. I graduated from uh, Penn State University, okay. cross country track and field there. Yeah, so uh, we are. So you've been out here what a couple of years now? Or? I've been out here for about one year, oh. and uh, basically, as as soon as I moved out here and got plugged into the running scene, I, I met some fantastic gentlemen like Coach Steve Scott and mm-hmm. Mark Sarno, who uh, just from showing up at other running events and uh, yeah, I'll know. tell you actually, the first race I ever did out here was. Um, the Cougar Challenge cross country at Cal State San Marcos, mm-hmm. uh, hosted by Coach Scott, mm-hmm. and um, you know it's just it's such a vibrant and rich running the, the community. Coug- the Cougar Challenge. Now, wh- how'd you name that? I mean, it has a couple connotations there. Is that a company or? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's named after the women's team. No. <laughs> 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 no, we, we are the Cal State San Marcos Cougars. Ah, okay, all right. I remember, I remember winning my age group at San Marcos State once, and what you mailed me was a horseshoe. <laughs> I got a horseshoe for winning my age group. Thought, that, that's really cool. But then I thought, well, I got to go out and win three more times to do anything with the horseshoe because. Oh my gosh. You know, horses have four legs. But anyway. So getting back to Nick and his uh, meeting these guys at the uh, at the Cougar race. Um, so, and obviously you, you must have some pretty good times yourself, right? I mean, you've been running cross country right. and all. You do cross yeah. country at Penn State? I did. Okay. I, I did cross country. I was captain of the cross country team there. Um, you know, it's, and it's, there's so many great opportunities for uh, post-collegiates like myself to get plugged into the road racing scene, the cross country scene, and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, San Diego Dirt Dog Series being a perfect example of that. Uh, the Cougar Challenge being one of those events. Of which so. you just won this last weekend. Oh, yep. Thank you very much. And uh, yeah, so that, that series just wrapped up this past weekend. And uh, was, uh, that was that the cross country or was that the uh, what, what race was that? So that was uh, that was the Dirt Dog Cross Country Dirt Series Dog. sponsored by uh, Sounds- USA Track and Field San Diego Imperial Association. Huh. Where's so, that? Where's the track? Where's the course? Uh, so the, the championship course was at uh, Mission Bay. 
huh. and it was I think about an eight or nine race series starting back in mm-hmm. August. Uh, a lot of uh, 5K, 6K, 8K races. Um, you know, dirt, road, trail, grass. You get a mix of everything. Just a lot of awesome competitive opportunities. Lots oh, of really cool courses. I run some of the yeah the courses. They're really neat courses. But Nick, you work at Illumina, right? Yeah, that's correct. What do you do there? So I work as a marketing project manager at Illumina. And uh, so we... Um, what are know. some cool things you're marketing right now that people <laughs> might want to know about? I wouldn't be able to go into too many of the details. Oh, okay. But, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of exciting things happening by, you know, uh, our graphic design team and multimedia producers uh, putting together some uh, creative pull-through for trade shows and events coming up. And so. You're also marketing a real cool racing event coming up on March 20th of That's next true. year too, right? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, so uh, March 20th, 2016, is going to be the third edition of the Encinitas Mile, presented by the Carlsbad Classic, um, mm-hmm. you know, just up in North County, Encinitas. Uh, great event. It um, it comes, I think, this year about a week and a half before the Carlsbad 5000. It's a right. perfect tune-up opportunity for everyone. How many people usually enter that? Uh, probably far fewer than the 10K, because who, you know, who, who, how many can sprint a mile, you know? <laughs> you know, it's... Uh, it's definitely one of those up and coming road racing events, um, and I think it's I think it's especially because there's so many bells and whistles attached to you know road racing events nowadays, um, where race entry fees can be you know seventy five, eighty five, mm-hmm. ninety five dollars. Um, I've seen whereas, half marathons at one hundred and twenty. Oh, mm-hmm. no doubt, and it's. I'm like it, I could go run that for free. It's it's it, you really kind of get that feeling. There must after be some a while. good prize money involved, I would think. No. Right? <laughs> no, no. Well, you know, uh, maybe sir, for some of the super fast guys. But I think what really makes us proud of the Encinitas Mile is that um, we truly believe it's one of the most um, inclusive, um, affordable, you know, community centric mm-hmm. events, and that's that's what we think makes it sustainable and makes it uh, a really important piece to the North County running community. What's San the Diego. website? Um, EncinitasMile.com. Registration is now active, um, and uh, you know there are some uh, uh, there are some discount codes and promo codes associated with our sponsor events, the Osai Turkey Trot coming up um, on Thanksgiving, as well as the Carlsbad Classic Tennis Tournament um, coming up. I think starting on November twenty second. Correct. I have that correct. Yep. So so yeah, we're um, we've teamed up with them to hopefully make this uh, another great event this year. But for me, the cool thing about running a mile is it just feels good to air it out. <laughs> it's. Uh, <laughs> It's um, interesting. It's it can be a little bit of a challenge, um, you know, uh, understanding how to bring people out for a morning event when you say you're only going to be able to, you know, run a one mile race. But then we we pull in so many other interesting aspects. We have a dog mile. It's becoming one of the most competitive uh, human dog together running a mile oh, in Southern cool. California. Yeah. Family mile, kids mile is the fastest growing. So. A lot of opportunities for families. I heard the cats are going to sue this year for inclusion. <laughs> it's California. I mean, no, maybe we'll start a cat mile. There we go. Yeah. yeah. And we've got to get into, back to Steve with his speed golf. Um, we only have one minute to the break, but uh, whatever, whatever. Well, if you could golf whatever, the whole course Don, in 18 seconds, you can do this whatever, in a minute, Steve. Whatever uh, inspired you to come up with that? Well, we were getting old and we we're not winning races, running <laughs> races anymore. So we were looking for another sport that we could do. It was actually me and Tom Hunt uh-huh. uh, had the idea of. Going out and, and doing the speed golf and uh, take, see if we could be competitive. You with just that. take two clubs and, and try to run through 18 holes as the fast as you can. F- first time I did it, I used one club, a three iron. <laughs> <laughs> 
But now you've got some kind of record in that, right? Usually only two clubs. You you have a respectable score of 95. A lot of guys can't do that with the, with the, a, a whole set of clubs, right? How long is that? Don't you have the record for the fastest 18 hole? 29 minutes and 30 seconds. <laughs> Under 30 minutes. That's how, golf how, how many play. meters long is a golf course? Because that might be impressive without even the golfing aspect. I know. <laughs> this was over 6,000 yards. And what was your score? 95. 95. So it's no about kidding. three and a half miles. <laughs> yeah. It's about three and a half miles. Yeah. My goodness. Wow. That is incredible. That's impressive. Yeah. That, we got impressive. Anyway, <laughs> gentlemen, we have to t- pause it right here, though. Uh, have some music. We'll come right back with the award-winning It's Your Man on Your Life right after this. Hang on. back with It's Your Money and Your Life, the award-winning show. This is a time where Richard thanks our sponsors. A big thank you, a huge thank you as always to our sponsors. Couldn't do it without them. UBS, Michael Caronta and Drew Fetus. Thank you, UBS. Our favorite CPAs on the planet, Jason Kruger with Signature Analytics, the best CFO company here on the West Coast. Also, Polito Epic CPAs right across Cal State San Marcos campus, right on the other side of the freeway off of Twin Oaks Drive in San Marcos. Don Epic and Paul Polito. Carl Sheeler with the Berkeley Research Group, helping business owners understand the risks that drive their businesses and by reducing those risks, how to increase the value of their business. Joel Grushkin, who I just had a meeting with before running over here with Cost Segregation Initiatives, helping real estate owners improve their cash flow. Now, with all this money you make with Carl and Joel, how about Geiger Law Office? The law offices of Brenda Geiger specializing in estate planning and asset protection. If you need a place to put all the money you make in the bank, how about California Republic Bank? A great niche market bank now has a location in UTC. They originated from Orange County. And, of course, Sean Puckett has joined up with Lane Elliott at California Republic Bank, serving high net worth families and family offices. Hub International, also known as Mars Maddox Insurance, and Mr. Neil Staley, by far and away the, the best employee benefits firm on the planet. And this is a really important time to look at employee benefits because it's open enrollment for most health care plans. So don't miss that. The LG Experience and the Lombardi Group helping wealth advisors make heroes out of CPAs to the CPA's very best clients. They have a big national CPA event coming up in San Diego next May of 2016. More about that later. Of course, we've already mentioned the Carlsbad Classic, women's professional tennis, coming back to San Diego next week, the week of Thanksgiving, cldclassic.com. And last but not least, last week's guest, Paul Hines with Hearthstone Private Wealth Management. Paul also heads up, it has a new name, the SeniorSafeAndSound.org project, helping to prevent elder financial abuse. So again, a big thank you to Paul. Big thank you to all of our sponsors. Also, Courtney Laver with PopX Graphics, who does a great job on our website where our listeners can find out a lot of really cool things. Right, Joe? Absolutely. Just get your cursor. or get on IYMoney.com first and then get your cursor over to the sponsor tab. There's a drop-down menu there where you can... Uh find out all the background information about our, our guests, I mean, our sponsors. And uh, also, all of our past guests are there in alphabetical order. Alphabetically, also by subject. Yes. So if you want to hear uh, this show again, you know, just get over to iymoney.com, and you can do that as soon as it's posted next week. And this is but, easy. All of our guests have a last name that start with S. So <laughs> alphabetically, this is really convenient. Yes, absolutely. So uh, back to Steve, Steve Scott. You know, he's done a great job at coaching over there. I see that he has uh, three national titles for his women's team, and uh, the, the, the men's team plays second in 2011. 
and you also received an OBE. That's not the one that you get from the Queen of England, is it? Or no? no. <laughs> what, what is that? What I is have that? no idea what OBE is. I don't know. Well, anyway, you want one, so. But services of sport. But you are in the USA Track and Field Hall of Fame, and uh, that's pretty pretty cool. Where is the Hall of Fame for the U.S. Track? I think it's in Indianapolis, I believe. Yeah, yeah. it's Indy. Have you been there to visit yet or not yet? No. One of these days, huh? No, my traveling has been limited to wherever my team takes me, so that's, that's about it. Now, your dad was a doctor and kind of out of shape and everything, right? And uh, did that kind of inspire you to get healthy or two? Or you know what inspired me was actually my mom. Really? Uh, when I was in high school, I joined the cross-country team, and the coach contacted all the kids that were coming in on the team and contacted the, the parents and said, you know, inspire your kids to get them out there and, you know, start running. Well, my mom, to kind of shame, inspire me, started running on her own, which is, this is 1970. Oh, wow. Yeah, women ran. did not run yeah. in mm. 1970. So she'd go out and run up Euclid Avenue and come back, and she'd be all sweating, and, you know, it's hot, smoggy in Upland, and mm -hmm. uh, come in and say, oh, you got to go out and run. It's so beautiful out. you got to go do it. And I'd just kind of roll over and go back to sleep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that started her running career that, that spanned until, you know, her physically just couldn't uh, take it anymore. Wow, that's but, cool. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. But Steve, you're a two-time cancer survivor, correct? Yes, I am. Do you, do you yeah. talk about that much in public or not? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I had testicular cancer 20 years ago and okay. then just uh, faced prostate cancer uh, a year and a half ago. So I was pretty much uh, prostate cancer-free as of a year ago, October. And wow. I, I would assume being in generally very good physical condition probably helped your recovery, didn't it? Yeah, and early detection. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's the biggest thing. The testicular cancer found it very early. It was basically just isolated to the, the testicle. Uh, and then with the prostate cancer, same thing. It, it, it was encapsulated. It stayed within the prostate. So, uh, you know, it just really – and th I talked about this 20 years ago, and I'm talking about it now, that – you got to go in and see your doctor. You got to get tested, and you got to do it on a yearly basis, especially once you get over fifty. Mm -hmm. That's when uh, prostate is going to be something that is much more common. So you got to go out and get tested, get your PSA tested. Of course, Mark, you could probably comment on that more than I can, but uh, I just can't say it enough. Early detection is key. Yeah, we, we brought a scientist in who also is a runner. That would be Mr. Mark Sarno. Mark, welcome. Thanks, guys. Mark's had a long history in, in clinical trials and science and research uh, with a lot of a lot of patents pending or uh, approvals with FDA already, right? Yeah, so I've been in the business about 33 years. I have worked on 44 products that have gotten approved by FDA, uh, eight of which are drugs, the rest are in vitro diagnostics. And I did work on PSA in its very early days, the prostate-specific antigen test, when mm -hmm. I was back at Hybertech which oh, was sure. one of the first biotech companies here in San Diego. Yeah. Great success story. Yeah, great success story. It really seeded many of the companies here in San Diego. Mm -hmm. Is it true that if we live long enough, all men will get some form of prostate cancer? It's very slow moving in most cases, and right? Well, you know, you're going to get something going on with your prostate. You're going to get prostatitis. About 50% of men get that. Another 25% uh, get benign prostatic hypertrophy. Another 25% will get prostate cancer. I suppose if you really were to live long enough, probably you would be able to find prostate cancer cells. Mm -hmm. And they, they often do studies where they look at autopsies. And if you do that, you're probably going to find some prostate cancer existing, which was never diagnosed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, makes sense. well, Steve Jobs should have been a little smarter. They say that he did a lot of alternative care rather than and, uh, rather than traditional or whatever, right? Um, from what you know about that. Yeah, uh, sure, absolutely. You know, it's an evolving area, quite honestly. And you know, Steve was just talking about Steve Scott here was just talking about 
early detection. We have a bit of an issue right now in that although the PSA test is a great test, unfortunately the U.S. Preventive Services Task Force recommended against screening mm -hmm. just uh, about a year or so ago, and that has already had a really negative effect. Because screening is now not recommended, although you can certainly ask for it, we're starting to see more men appearing with high-grade cancers, aggressive cancers that would have been caught if they had been screened with PSA. So it's still an evolving area. It's something that sometimes you have to be your own advocate for. Mm -hmm. If, uh, as Steve says, if you're getting towards 50, you haven't had a PSA test, you know what? Demand it because this is something that you have to take very seriously. Yes, there are many non-aggressive forms of prostate cancer, but if you get one of the aggressive forms, it's going to be trouble. Especially yeah. if there's any family history, right? Especially, right? Yeah, that's one of the risk yeah. factors, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, again, Steve was talking about how his prostate cancer was encapsulated. There are many negative characteristics. If it, if it breaches that capsule, if there's extension beyond that capsule, that's a, that's a major issue. So you want to catch it very early. Mm. So, so, Mark, you're also a runner, right? I am. In fact, young Nick here and I have the same personal record in the mile. I was a miler, 1,500-meter okay. guy. The difference between the two of us is that I did it in 1987, and I'm only getting slower now. And Nick is going to be getting faster, I'm certain of it. So we probably won't have the same personal record for long. Yeah, and Nick is sitting here smugly at the age of 23 with all these over 50 guys. <laughs> Well, he'll be there someday, and, right? And Mark, Mark, you're also the uh, founder of the Encinitas Mile? I am, yeah. Uh, a friend of mine and I, uh, my co-founder, were running one Sunday morning, and we said, you know, there's no mile races to do in San Diego. Maybe we should come up with one. And so that was the start of it. Yeah, it's a great course because it's totally flat, for one thing. Dead flat, fast. Uh, it's something that you can really test yourself upon. Yeah, it's a half mile out, turn around, and a half mile back. All right. <laughs> now, are you guys doing it? Well, I guess we were coming up on our break soon, but at, uh, for recreational running and, and running just for exercise, uh, you know, are we doing anything to inspire people to, to at least get off the couch and, and go out and just jog, right? I mean, absolutely. And, and if we can, maybe in the next break, I'd like to talk about that. We have found in science that running and other aerobic exercises are an anti cancer, an anti diabetic and a, a, an anti-cognitive impairment drug, essentially. There you go. You can it's, measure it. There you go. Running as good medicine. It so. also gives you less time to play golf. Yeah. We'll be back with Steve Scott and Mark Sano after this break. Hang on. Well, there's a song we've all heard before. It certainly applies to everybody in the room here. Uh, of course, I'm... I'm I'm trying to run more Look, myself. If you're, not, if you're not born to run, then I say be born to walk. Yeah. <laughs> because it's the next best thing. But we're back with Steve Scott, premier runner, coach over at San Diego Stank. Uh, San Marcos. San, San Marcos, Nick Scarpello from Illumina, and running enthusiast, and obviously a great runner in his own right. And Mark Sarno from uh, what's your company, Mark? Tell us everything again. Uh, Vision Biotechnology Consulting and Vision Clinical Research. There we go. But Mark, you, you were mentioning before the, the break just uh, the various benefits of um, running. just having an active, healthy lifestyle. Well, running. Let's get into it. Yeah. Well, you know, we're finding that many of these things are interlinked. So for instance, diabetes and cardiovascular disease are almost synonymous at this point. If you have insulin resistance, you have risk for type 2 diabetes, and you also have a risk for a cardiac event. And it turns out that it's not so far distant that cognitive impairment occurs, that high glucose is going to predispose to cognitive impairment. So you can actually modulate your risk for many of these things 
by exercise and not just running. I don't want to be a purist about that. I'm an avid runner. It's something mm-hmm. that I find is best for me. But any type of aerobic exercise, uh, cycling, swimming, whatever really suits you, mm-hmm. um, there's actually studies going where you can measure biomarkers and show that an episode of running or any aerobic exercise will change those markers in a favorable way. Uh, it'll bring your glucose down. It'll change your high-density uh, lipoprotein, your low-density lipoprotein. I can't believe doctors don't take out their prescription pad and write down, you know, run three, t- whatever, jog at a certain pace, 20 minutes a day, three times a week. I mean, as Why a, don't they? Yeah. That's a good question. <laughs> yeah, but, but the, other, the other issue, Joe, is elementary schools cutting back PE. I mean, it, it just unfortunately, that's become an epidemic. We used to have PE every day. We were running and we didn't know it, you know, playing flag football. Well, back in the 60s, yeah. President Kennedy uh, had that big initiative. And I think uh, Governor Schwarzenegger at some point, wasn't he appointed to the commission uh, to, to help uh, stimulate phys- physical fitness? But, yeah, he was, but, but here's my point. I mean, kids are way too sedentary. I mean, Steve, you can comment or Mark, but the, I think the challenge is, is when you're sedentary when you're very young. I think that tends to carry over into adulthood, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah, I think well, so. Well, the other challenge is all the other uh, distractions uh, kids growing up today between video games and, and uh, television and computers. I mean, that's cutting into your exercise, go out and play time. Uh, but uh, hopefully we're getting a little smarter about that. But yeah. we need to do we need to do that. So, so, Mark, since Nick wouldn't give any away any secrets about what's mm-hmm. going on in Illumina, can you give us any secrets <laughs> about what's going on at, at Vision Biotechnology? Uh, well, you know, we're working in a whole bunch of areas. And, you know, just to talk about Illumina for a moment, uh, I can as an outsider. You know, they are the makers of one of the most prevalent gene sequencing platforms. Mm-hmm. And so that's being used now in a lot of ways. Their tests are being proved by FDA on those platforms. Their tests are being used in clinical laboratories, so-called laboratory-developed tests. And they're being used for basically a determination uh, of, of various different conditions, one of the most of which, and it's not really too applicable here, but it is important, is non-invasive testing in pregnancy, where they're looking at determining trisomy 21s, trisomy 18, mm-hmm. trisomy 13. So their platform is actually extremely important, and it's really changed the face of medical diagnostics. Uh, but now in, in my company, we're working in a lot of areas, a lot of cardiovascular disease work, a lot of diabetes work, those areas that I spend a lot of time in, mm-hmm. cognitive impairment, things like that. Aren't they getting to the point now where they can map your genes as an individual and, and predict what diseases you might have and, and probably treat you in advance of you getting a disease? I mean, it's getting that technical, isn't it? Yes, but it's tricky, right? So having a predisposition is not necessarily having the disease. Right. And this is an area where there's been some issues with the FDA. I think you may have heard about 23andMe. Uh, they were kind of shut down by the FDA a couple of years ago because they had this battery of tests that was looking at all these possible markers and saying you've got a predisposition for this or that. None of these tests were approved by FDA. Mm. And so FDA said, look, you can't do that. You're marketing a test which has clinical implications. So come to us with a submission and we'll help to to get something approved. And they eventually did. Mm -hmm. So it's like I say, it's a very evolving area. There's some ethical questions involved. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Should you know about a predisposition? Should you know about your your child's predisposition? Mm -hmm. And what do you do with that information? Right. So it's a very tricky area. Yeah, sometimes yeah. It's, it's better not knowing. But um, hey, question with all of these great advances in technology, maybe Steve Scott will ask you this question. I notice a lot of the running records in terms of times for the mile, the half, the full, there hasn't been tons of improvement over the years. Do, do you feel human beings are going to become faster, or do you think we've sort of hit our, our limit as humans as to how fast anybody can cover any certain you know distance of ground? Well, I think that... Uh 
we've discovered what athletes were using to get those times. Mm -hmm. uh, right? <laughs> Human growth hormone. Um, doping, right? Yeah, the doping. Uh, what's the other? Well, erythropoietin, EPO. EPO. Yeah. yeah. So there, there's some drugs that weren't testable for a long time, and it's just it's not coincidental that since they've found ways to test for those mm -hmm. drugs, the times have stopped dropping the way they yeah. were. But I notice we're not hitting 70 home runs a year anymore in mm -hmm. majors. Yeah. <laughs> no. Did the Padres hit that many as a team? I'm not sure. But anyway. But I digress. Um, well, the cool thing about running, though, is you can do it for your entire lifetime, basically. I mean, it's not like baseball where you got to get 17 other people and it really <laughs> well, hurts to slide when you're 52. Well, these guys have to know about Ann Garrett. The lady is, what, 81? Yeah. I mean, she's running for her mental health and, and breaking records, by the way, but didn't take it up till she was 71. But there's, a, you know, an yeah, icon exactly. to running for, for good health right there, right? And I'll, another thing is, and Mark and I were talking about this beforehand, it seems like people get into the sport of running thinking the only way that you should to be a runner is to run a marathon mm -hmm. and it's couldn't be farther from the truth. Um, you don't have to run a marathon to be a runner and you're better off to not be training for a marathon because it, it is very straining on you. Yeah. The injury rate's very high. Well, I think yeah. the New York times and Mark, you may have seen this article. They recently uh, released an article that said, what is the optimum amount of running that you should do per week mm -hmm. per time with a little bit of intensity in there. And mm -hmm. do you remember seeing that? And yeah. So there's it, been a kind of a discussion about that for the last couple of years. The question is, does very high intensity training actually cause damage and mm -hmm. the cardiac damage usually what they're thinking about there is kind of a u-shape there with risk for, uh, for cardiac events at a very low amount of exercise and very high amount of exercise mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but the truth is that you're better off with moderate to intense exercise your risk is still going to be lower mm -hmm. than if you do nothing right so going back to what you said richard yes you can train throughout your life you have to do it very smartly as we get older, we're going to lose some good smooth muscle tissue, and we're going to have a little bit of trouble. We're going to be prone to injury, but you can continue to do it. And to your point, Joe, mm -hmm. you know, there's a whole master's uh, field of running and seniors running, and there's track meets for masters and seniors. And you might go out and you might see an 80-year-old, you know, uh, high jumping or doing mm -hmm. hurdles. That's great. They're out there. They're exercising. They are they're extending their life and feeling better during that time. Their quality of life is better. Yeah, we had a 92-year-old woman complete the uh, rock and roll marathon here in San Diego uh, on May 31. Mm -hmm. Incredible. Yeah. Amazing, isn't it? I mean, it really is. But... Um, but anyway, I think it's, I forget the exact number of minutes per week, but uh, they said for to maximize your longevity and for health benefits, it, 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 you don't really have to go out and run marathons. It's a certain number of minutes a day with uh, like 10 minutes of, of intensity in there just during the week. But, but sure. got out and get, you know, when you say run for your life, I guess it takes on a whole new meaning, right? <laughs> it, yeah, it really does. And, you know, to Steve's point, again, it doesn't have to be a marathon. People have that on their bucket list. But you know what? You might be out there thinking that you have to train for a marathon. Could be you're a sprinter. Maybe you're a really good mm -hmm. sprinter. Maybe you're a good 800-meter runner. The, the point is to, to try different things, and that's why we're offering the mile. Mm -hmm. We want people to try the mile, see how well that they can do at that distance. Do some speed training. Maybe you've got really good speed and you don't know it. Mm -hmm. And that's why we also offer, again, from kids all the way to the master's level. And, of course, people running with the dogs, which is a rather comical side the, of our event, the, but the a lot kids of fun. Are really, the kids are really fun to watch, too, because they tend to just fly out of the starting <laughs> gate. <and> they, <laughs> they, they really do, don't they? Yeah. Now, they might slow down later, and exactly. that's what we old guys have to count on when we're running in the same race with exactly. them. Exactly. <laughs> mm -hmm. Exactly. 
Well, I did find that New York Times article. It says you should try to run at least, uh, reach at least 150 minutes of physical activity per week and have around 20, 30 minutes uh, be vigorous. In, so that's in two the, and a half hours. Yeah, mm-hmm. per week. That's, so that's right. not bad. Boy, talk Ocean's about... Oh, Turkey Trot, Thanksgiving morning. Yeah. The Encinitas Mile. This hour really flew March by. March so, Yeah, thank you, Richard. Great seeing you. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Mark Sarno. Thank you, uh, Nick Scarpello. And Steve Scott, Premier Runner, thank you. And uh, thank you, Justin Hart, on our soundboard, making us sound great. And to our con executive, Craig Blanke. Run out of time. And thanks to Dave Sniff, our programming genius here at KFMB. All these podcasts are on iowamoney.com, commercial free. See you next week. Bye-bye now.